right. Welcome into the Little Dum Dum Club. My name is Tommy Dasselo, and sitting opposite me, my co-host Carl Chandler. G'day, dickhead. Now, and I mean that today. <laughs> right. I now, mean that today. Let's talk about what's going on here. Uh, let's explain the situation today. Our guest in the studio was was Sean McAuliffe. Uh, he was in here for a, about a good hour. We had a good chat with him. Uh, we we heard uh, you know about the un. The unmade Milo Kerrigan movie that never saw the light of day. We heard about. Let's not just talk about it. Let's play the clip now. Well, uh, interesting you bring that up because yes. something what? happened. What happened with Tommy? the system at the end of it, and it's gone. It's what Tommy? It's gone. So we, we don't have that anymore. We don't have it. It's it's lost. That beautiful hour that we shared will never be heard by anyone except for the people that were in the room. Wow. So we've officially got a lot. We've got a lost episode of the Little Dum Dum Club. All because you didn't hit play and record at the same I time on the tape look, deck. I pushed the right buttons. I don't know what's happened. Jesus. But we've got a friend of the show in here. Uh, you may know him from The Sweetest Plum on the Triple The next M. best thing to Sean McAuliffe. He's interviewed Sean McAuliffe before, and he's, he's worked around here for a little while, so maybe he can sort of troubleshoot what's gone on, and just <laughs> also what's going on wrong with our lives in general. Uh, it's a friend of the show, Declan Fay. Yeah. Now, be very careful how you bandy about terms like friend of the show, (laughs) because to my knowledge, you have asked just about anybody (laughs) in Melbourne, anybody and everybody who has ever walked past a microphone and farted has been asked to be a guest on this show, including my (laughs) co-host, including Yumi Steins, including bloody some asshole from down at the comics lounge. I, I have never been asked to be on this show until... To be fair, we are putting this episode to air, unlike Sean McCullough. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're in rarefied air there. Yeah, no, the only, the only reason you're putting this up is because you have completely cocked up your Sean McAuliffe interview and you've seen me walk past the window. And you've said, oh, can we do this thing with you? We'd really love to do it. <laughs> to be fair, we asked a few people before we even asked you today. Yeah, so, I know. Yeah. yeah, we asked the bloke in the canteen that yeah. he was closing up shop. Yeah, that's right. We <laughs> asked a Ryan Stamps in. <laughs> Um, <laughs> a legendary radio duo. Yeah, yeah. You've asked, you you have asked every asshole, and I happen to be the last person walking past the window, and you've asked me to come in. So yes, I will. Happy to have you in there. Well, yeah, yeah, you're carrying on like this. Can you blame us for not asking? <laughs> well, no, actually, that, that's fair enough. Um, the, well, look, Sean Sean McAuliffe is an interesting one because did it go well? I think it went well. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I mean, not that we've like, got any evidence to yeah, show that. But. I feel like as time goes on, I'm going to build up more and more how good it was in my head. Yeah, yeah. Just to really depress myself. I'm, you know, at the, at the moment, I'm trying to be like, you know, when you break up with someone, mm. and then you instantly just convince yourself of all their faults. You're like, yeah, oh, yeah. but she did that thing that was really fucked. So yeah, yeah. I'm now trying to go. Oh, what he wasn't, he wasn't that good. Yeah, yeah. He was just all right. Yeah, it had, wasn't that good yeah. interview. Yeah, she had a lazy eye. <laughs> I did. Can I say that? I'm there. The, the uh, I, I at uni I was had a, a lot of trouble here. I had a girlfriend <laughs> who you sometimes don't notice those things when you really love someone. You don't notice these things, and that there's some little thing wrong with her, or a, you know, like because you, you're just in love with her. Yep. But uh, I remember one of the early times that I slept with her. Um, I seriously, I'm not making her eye started to boggle off to the side <laughs> and being a bit drunk and a bit immature. <laughs> I remember. And you think when you're younger that you're better than sex than you are, like yep. you're better at sex than you are. And you're not, you're absolutely rubbish at it, but it's cause you just always have it when you're drunk. And I remember my exact thought was, 
Oh fuck the right out. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that that is weird because that is the same thing that Sean McAuliffe said a couple of hours ago. Hang on, are you telling me McAuliffe's doing fuck the right out gear? <laughs> That's my gear. That's my gear, McAuliffe. Um, I I would I would hazard to guess. I don't know, but I would put. I, I'm a gambling man. I'd put a lot of money on the fact that McAuliffe has never fucked anyone's eye out. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, um, so you, I mean, you've you've chatted to the man on your show I a couple have, of times. Yeah. And how, how have you found that? Oh, this is just depressing. Getting somebody <laughs> yeah, to replace McAuliffe yeah, and God. Yeah, what's McAuliffe like? What's McAuliffe like? Uh, Why don't you? Like, there's so many other things you could ask me. <laughs> Ask me what's McAuliffe like. I look. I I don't honestly. I don't get that. I don't. Uh, for some reason, I, I get daunted performing in front of people, but I don't get daunted in interviews. But I was daunted by McAuliffe, who's one of the few people who I genuinely, genuinely look up to. Oh, and you're telling. I was daunted so much. I fucking for, deleted forgot, the whole thing. Yeah, you yeah. forgot to press record. Yeah. Um. The, it's a terrible. I, the only person I ever forget to forgot to press record with was Miff Warhurst. <laughs> um. And it was. And then she did it again. And it was. Fine, but See, that's the dilemma we're in now. Where do we do we say? Do we tell there's him? There's no dilemma. We will never speak of this again. We, we shouldn't d- even put this out. No, I'm. I'm <laughs> De- geez, Deck would love that. <laughs> I, do, what, what do we do? Do we do we? You know, just do, do we? My thinking is, we say thanks so much for coming in. Yeah. Um, something happened. It didn't work. That's you know. But we appreciate your time so much, and sort of leave it in his court. Do you know what I mean? If he wants to say, I'll do it again, then great. Yeah. But if not, no worries. We haven't asked. We've just informed him. Yeah, we'll just let him know. Sorry, it's not going to go. He's not going to catch this. the ferry over from Williamstown to come and do this again. I'll give you that. What now. I think. What I think is that you can't. You actually can't ask him to come in again. No. But I think that you could, if you got like, like you know, two like roving mics, and you could say, "We'll go and meet you," because we stuff this up. We'll take the bullet, and you go. You go and meet him, mm-hmm. and then like maybe somewhere that he eats. He won't want you in his house. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't want you in my house. Sure. Carl gave me a lift the other day, and I didn't like the idea of him coming to my house. So I told him to meet me at a coffee shop now, down I, the road. I, the, let's let's talk about this because this has been of interest to me since I heard the story. How did this come about? How did it come about that Carl? Was driving you to a public speaking engagement? Uh, yes, I my job before I uh, well my, the job that I had for quite a number of years was talking in high schools. It was doing theatre shows. Then they said, "Would you talk about writing?" And then they just said, "Would you you know just talk about anything?" Sure. And uh, so I did that for a number of years, and occasionally it still comes up. And I don't have uh, that. I, I I don't have a car at the moment. Mm. I'm in a mutual agreement with the Victorian police <laughs> that I shouldn't drive for a while. <laughs> and um, so I didn't. And I, ha- I did have a friend who was going to give me a lift, but um, he he called the night before and he said, I can't do it. And I got really angry. And I said, I told you, this is the one, th- you can't pull the pin on this. I have to be at this school at 10.30 tomorrow morning. He saw and- McAuliffe on his TV, got nervous, and accidentally <laughs> blew up his car. No, he saw McAuliffe on his TV, got nervous, and his cousin died. So that was the reason. <laughs> And he then said, unfortunately, my cousin has died. And I went, oh, uh, all right, you don't have to give me a lift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, And so anyway, I then literally went through my phone and thought, (laughs) I, I, I know enough unemployed comedians that if I ask them, They'll, they'll give me a lift. The exact same way that we've got you on the show today. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. The only difference is I thought about you beforehand for a lift and made a conscious decision to ask you. I didn't wait for you to walk past my fucking house and say, 
Oh, you're just there. Do you want to drive me? This is, but this, interestingly, Tommy, I don't know if you've ever, you probably have had to ask Carl for a lift numerous times. Uh, this, uh, yeah, I've, 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 yep, I've been in Carl's car. This is how he, this is how he, this is how you pitch to Carl if you want a lift. I rang him and I was really, I was very, and I said, look, this is a bit weird, but I need to a lift in the morning somewhere. And um, it's uh, in Frankston, it's about an hour away. It's going to be an hour back. Um, I-, I can give you some money. And then he goes, and I was really embarrassed. And he goes, like a road trip. <laughs> and I go, I'm oh, not really a road trip. It's more, it's my job. And I need to be dr- driven there, probably wait for an hour. And then, and he goes, you mean like a road trip? <laughs> and I said, oh, sort of, but I-, I can give you some money. And he just went, road trip. <laughs> so I'm convinced the only way to get him to do anything is to go. And I swear to God at the end, and I did give him some money because he got me out of enormous difficulty at the end. I said, I wish I could give you some more money, but I don't have any more. And then he, and then I said, I feel really bad. And he goes, no, I love road trips. <laughs> so anything, oh, anytime. Secret, okay. Yeah, to that, be fair, I only just beat you to be able to drive you out there because you've lost your license and my license runs out in about two weeks. Yeah. So. It never bodes well when you say to someone, hey, I've lost my license. Can you give me a lift somewhere? And then he says, I've also lost my license. <laughs> and then I said, I, well, maybe you shouldn't drive. And he goes, no, no, I've got it for another two weeks. Um, and then, but it didn't. So uh, as many road trips as I can in between <laughs> now and then, yeah. that's the plan. You're just, you're just cramming it in. Yeah. You're like a person. Before... Do you guys want to go to Horsham after the show? <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah. you're a good bloke. You kicked in some petrol money. No, I gave him, I, I, it was my, I let him drive in my car so there wouldn't be damage done to his sure. car. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, the, uh, you know, and he spent, uh, look, I I'd say 40, 45 minutes just slamming you, yeah. Tommy. Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> that's, um, usually, that's usually 45 minutes I use on the podcast slamming him. Uh, okay. You say that like it's a joke, like I'm going to be somewhat, oh, but the, I, <laughs> I would be more surprised if you hadn't said that. Yeah. Um, no, but it was, look, I actually, it, it, he, was, he was a very good driving partner and so good I've asked him to do it again oh, yes. uh, next week. Well, how could, I, how could I not be a good driving partner when you were telling me every indication and every uh, break and every traffic light that oh, was coming yeah. up? Well, that's, well, look, the thing is, it's I haven't gotten used to the fact that I'm not driving. And I, d- I used to like driving a lot. Right. And I didn't know. And so when, and yeah, I did, I was being very specific to Carl saying, you can change lane now, <laughs> change lane again, turn on the windscreen wipers. Yeah. Um, and so I... Try yeah. and turn them off, but he, I couldn't. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's they got right. stuck. They got stuck. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the other... Well, that's right. Your own car, which then when you drove me just and gave me... We dropped my car off and then you dropped me somewhere else. Your own yep. car has... Central locking that can only be opened from the boot. That's right. And it has windscreen wipers that when they squirt the detergent, it just keeps squirting. That's right. Which suddenly made me feel much better about the fact that I'd let you use my car to get us to Frankston rather than yours is just a a metal coffin on wheels. It got nervous. (laughs) It just got nervous. And correct me if I'm wrong, but is there a Soundgarden cassette that's wedged permanently in the tape deck? It's the only tape I've got. That's fascinating because we had a, a V. W Beetle was my family car, and I love the cassette that gets wedged in there. Ours that got wedged in there was uh, Dean Martin's Greatest Hits, <laughs> and every time, that the only real place I went with my dad in the car was to go to Waverley Park to watch the footy, and every time I go on the southeastern arterial, oh. I swear to God, I can hear, everybody loves somebody sometime. <laughs> when, lo- the, when, when the, uh, what is it, when the moon hits your eye like, like a big a pizza, pizza pie, pie, that's Chris Mew? Is that the song? <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, that, no, that's right. That's the that's the that's a little known B side that Dean Martin recorded. Uh, so yeah, I was consequently the only person who knew Dean Martin's entire back catalogue oh, in year right. nine at Marcelin College. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was our that was our road trip experience. But it must Carl must have talked it up, Tommy, because you came up earlier today before I was involved in this, and you said, "Can I come on your next road trip?" I'm like Carl. I just love a road. I, you know what? I think it's. I don't think it's specific to Carl. I think it's any. Uh, quote unquote quotation marks working comedian. Yeah, is it because it's it's you're getting out of the house for a day. Yeah, I mean you're sitting around at home. There's nothing else. Tired. You can't you can't watch you know, TV. You, you can't do anything. Yeah. You've just got to talk crap. But you know that you can't ne- at your next trip to Centrelink. You can't when they said looking for jobs. You can't write road trip, road trip. <laughs> with, a, with an exclamation mark Spring, on the end. Spring break followed <laughs> yeah. by eight exclamation marks. Yeah, you know that that doesn't. You can't just put my number down on there. And when they <laughs> ring and say you do you run a company called Road Trip. Um, did Carl Chandler or Tommy Dasilo both come to you for work during that time? Do you run a company called Fake Sean McAuliffe Inc.? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Do you run a company called Cocked Up Sean McAuliffe Interviews? Um, so when you when you uh, getting back to it, when you got uh, you said Miff did it again. Yeah. How did that come about? Uh, honestly, I just I rang her and I said, "Could you please? Um, could I uh, something? I I lied and I said that the computer had crashed and had wiped yes. it. And um and she went, "Oh God, that always happens. Oh yeah, ask me anything." And she was she was absolutely lovely about it. I think I, I mean I think it would be a, I think it would be a, a very big maneuver to get Sean McAuliffe to come back in here. Double and coup. I do too. I think it'd be a big man- maneuver. I think what you aim for is you aim for to go and meet him. Yes. I think ask him before you turn up at his house. <laughs> um, and I, I think it would be – but then I think if that can't happen – then uh, I think you just you ask you 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 talk you talk to him over the phone. Yeah, well, I mean, it wouldn't even be that much of an issue had half of the team that's not this half. Yeah. Tweeted that we were interviewing him uh. four days before it had gone down, which we got into trouble for before with one G Fleet when we publicised that we were interviewing him. He got angry. See, then, see how this has worked? It's, it's my fault for not hitting yeah. play and record now. That's, yeah, no. That's, that's, that's my fault. But you're learning. You're learning one of the important rules of radio, which is just blame the other Yeah, that's asshole. it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, uh, you, it's better, though. You guys haven't worked out. Blame them when they're not in the room. Yeah. <laughs> um, simultaneous blame tends to cancel itself out. Yeah, well, and, let's you and me, we'll do a road trip on Tuesday, and then, and then you, you and Carl can do a road trip on Wednesday, oh, and we'll just right. we'll get it all out. We'll I have to say, I actually, I want to roll you, Tommy, but I can't. He was actually extremely, I did throw a few fish hooks out there <laughs> to get him to say stuff about you. And I was like, oh, yeah, working in a partnership, it's really hard when the other bloke doesn't pull his weight. And I could, he didn't, he did he refused to buy. And you've just ended up selling out yourself because then you've just made it quite yeah. clear that you're unhappy in your partnership. Yeah. Then, well, I, then I went on a road trip with Nick Maxwell from the <laughs> Swedish Plum, and uh, he he got told a few tales. But, um, well, I have to. Have you guys mastered the passive aggressive silence yet? Between, or does that not? Does that only happen when money's no, involved? We're super great mates. Yeah. yeah, nothing could come between us. Well, that's yeah. that's the. It's basically that's when you when you decide to do it professionally. You're not deciding to have a career. <laughs> like it's basically deciding. 
how much are you willing to be paid for the slow degradation of your friendship <laughs> when it just rots down to a nub um, and then you're just left with a nub? Um, you know, and then that, that's, that, then you're a success. Right. Yeah. You have to get out before you've been nubbed. <laughs> so this is, maybe we should give a bit more context for listeners that aren't aware. Uh, you and Nick Maxwell, who's been on this show previously, yeah. you do a show. Yeah, he, he was asked before me. Yeah, that, that's yeah. Fine. several yeah. weeks, but yeah. who's counting? I can, I, mean, yeah, no, I can bring up the number. But I, there's there's no to be honest, to be honest, I'll, I'll just put my hand up here and say, when we asked Nick, I said, shouldn't we ask Deck as well? And he said, no, you don't worry. Did not. Don't worry about that. You're not in no, his car. You that. did not say that. <laughs> That's fine. You, I mean, you asked I Nick. I did. You, you did not. I did. <laughs> you asked Nick to come on this show. You've asked him to do stand-up at your stand-up <laughs> night. That's all fine. I think you even had him in your comedy festival show. He was show. the best man at my wedding, and yeah. I'm not even married. <laughs> That's right. I can't even get Nick to answer my text messages <laughs> at night. I don't even know if he's going to turn up when the show starts. <laughs> so you do a show on Triple M now. You st- before that, you did a podcast we did. together. Yeah. Yeah. And then before that, you uh, wrote together on several shows. We did. You on yeah. Rove? Yeah, we did. We wrote for Rove. We wrote uh, for a few... Uh, Abominations at Channel Go 7. On. No, so no. Let's hear it. Let's have it. No, no. We, no. Look, I enjoyed the ex- I enjoyed the actual experiences, but I, I didn't I didn't enjoy the shows. Sure. If that if that makes sense. Yeah, but absolutely. I'm, I'm just reading through your bio here. You worked on Channel 7's <laughs> The White Room. Oh, I don't. Here. No, look. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's gone on a road trip with IMDb and found out what he needs to know. Um, no, I wrote, yes, we were, we worked. Yes, we we wrote at Channel 7 uh, on a few sort of more difficult experiences, and I think it's one of those things we didn't realize. We actually genuinely didn't realise how lucky we had it when we worked at Rove. And I think that Rove was a really good place to be a young writer. Yeah, you shouldn't have convinced him to throw it in. <laughs> I didn't. I, mate, we, I, I, that, that was a sweet gig. And I didn't want, I, there was a lot of us that would have preferred that he didn't wind it up. Um, but, yeah, so that finished. We went to Channel 7 and then uh, that left us sort of on the precipice of a terrible depression. <laughs> and um, we then uh, started doing a podcast, which was honestly, there was no commercial intent. It was just purely that, you know, as you guys know, you have to, you, you have to get up and make something. Something. Like you have to, you have to do something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you have to, like for Carly, he has to get up and do a road trip <laughs> every day, and so that I've that, got to get up and not record things. Yeah, yeah. that's right. You have to get up and not. Me. Yeah, that's right, and not press record. <laughs> yeah. um, the uh, but it's in the act of doing that that you feel like you're contributing something, <laughs> and so uh, yeah. And we we honestly we genuinely didn't have any sort of commercial sort of. We didn't think it was going to be any sort of way to to make us famous. And it was ironic that the one thing that you don't try at is the one thing that ended up sort of having a relative degree of success. So therefore, I think the lesson is you cocking up the Sean McHale thing. <laughs> I mean, may end up sort of inadvertently, may, you know, With having... me hosting, talking about <laughs> yeah, generation. Yeah, he, right. might, yeah, he might be the, the, the guy that gets famous for yeah. uh, for not recording things. I don't, yeah. think, I don't, know, if, I don't know if that's, that happens. What an awesome you... show that would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. be a, yeah. if, you, if you come on a road trip with us, are you going to be constantly clearing the the taco? Like the, <laughs> the um, yeah, I you, the taco. You're mispronouncing taco. Like I'm there with a flat bottom old El Paso, just emptying ingredients <laughs> yeah, out emptying the window onto the ground. Yeah. Now that I mean, in itself, that's a that's a great performance project. But yeah. I'm sure that some arts council would be. <laughs> that's a great comedy festival show. Tommy Daslo <laughs> is emptying tacos. <laughs> emptying the taco. The, yeah. um, 
I mean, Matt, uh, basically. Me, the poster's me looking into a camera with a look on my face that says, where's me dinner gone? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, emptying the taco does sound like a terrible metaphor yeah. for doing a shit. <laughs> like a real... <laughs> you, what you can do is, I think we've talked about this before, is that people, when they can't afford to keep making new festival posters, they just use the same photo, like four <laughs> yes. years in a row. But they'll change the title and superimpose a new thing on. Uh-huh. So, like, one hand's up and one's down going... <laughs> <laughs> and then what you can do is have an empty taco in yes. one yeah. hand. That's all you need to. Mm, yeah. But it's like a, you've clearly stolen it off the internet. Like it's like a really bad. It's JPEG. It's yeah. a bit it's, 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 it's a badly pixelated. It's watermarked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's got Getty images yeah, stamped yeah. across it. That's right. And I mean that. I mean I've no doubt that show will will get in excess of two or three people. Oh, I'm a, I'm a shoe in for a grand. If yeah. nothing else, some sweet sponsorship. Yeah, old El Paso will G- get on board. Given the good numbers that I had this year at my festival show, I might actually have my show within a road trip. Just get in the <laughs> car and have the two or three punters in the back seat. That's uh, Rod um, Quantock style. No, yes. there, there was a show at the Fringe that did that a couple of years ago. Really? It wasn't called Road Trip. Damn. Um, I can't well, remember what it was. I, I actually can't remember what it's called, but legitimately, it was a show that you buy a ticket and only three people can go to the show. And oh, seriously, they put you in a car and the sh- it, it, no, it's actually one person can go to the show and there's three actors in the car and then they act something oh, out. Oh, really? Seriously. And this is about happened about 2005 and they actually, they, there's like five cars going simultaneously. One's like one play happens in one, one happens in another. And a friend of mine went in one of the cars because they didn't have someone to go in it. And so he went in the car and then they drove it outside a house and they, they're playing it out like it's a crime thing. And they're going, you stole it. You stole that thing. And as, and as they're yelling in the car, a neighbor called the cops on the car <laughs> and the cops turned up as this thing is going. So he's now freaking out going, are the cops meant to be here? Or? <laughs> so yeah, no, they've, they've, they've beaten you out for that. Great oh, thing about, awesome. yeah, the great thing about, um, about a car is you don't have to pay any venue costs. <laughs> It's just well, in your car, you'll be going through a lot of detergent. Yeah. <laughs> Sim- similar, similar to that, um, comedian Mickey D, uh, a few years ago in the Adelaide Fringe Festival, his venue at the back of it had two big doors, like a fire escape mm. thing that kind of flew open onto the main street, right? Oh, right. And he would end his show by walking through the crowd, kicking the door open and getting his audience to do a game of ring a ring a rosy in the middle of the yeah, main yeah. street of Adelaide, right? Yeah. So he does this for two weeks and everyone loves it. The final night... He does his show. He goes out, does the Ring of Ring Rosie. He's organised yeah. for some mates to come past in a car, pull up, grab him, bundle him into the boot wow. and drive off. His family is in the crowd and he doesn't tell them that he's doing this. No way. So they flip out and yeah. they're like on the phone to the cops. Yeah. And then he's running around late, late that late night going, how funny is this? What a great prank, boys. And everyone's like, you know, your parents think that you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually awesome. Yeah, that, is, yeah, that sounds great. like a sweet road trip that's to me. <laughs> <laughs> that is a show. That is a show that I would want to be in. Yeah. Yeah. The, well, okay, well, look, I, I can't, I, I can contribute you one Weird show that Sean McAuliffe did anecdote, oh, and this may make up. Thank for, God. I remember. Hang on, hang on, Tommy. Press stop. Oh. <laughs> no, look, it's not even. It's nowhere near as good as being bundled into the back of a car. And um, the, but he, I remember interviewing him years ago when I was still at uni, and mm-hmm. saying, "Oh, you did you review Melbourne Uni Law Reviews, and I'm in the Law Review. Um, did you do any? Like everyone's always trying to make weird concepts. Did you do any weird concepts?" And he said, "Yes." And he said, we had a stage that was painted all white 
with a white chair on it that was all all white, except one leg was black. And he said, and the audience didn't find that very funny. <laughs> so, that's all I can offer you by way of Sean McAuliffe anecdotes. Yeah, I'm pressing stop right now. No. That's, that's... <laughs> uh, that, that that is that's unfortunately that's all I can offer you. Wow. Yeah. Um, I want to tell you. I'll tell you a, a quick story. I haven't told this on the show before, and I think you would appreciate this story. And it it it, it comes to mind because of this sort of thing. This sounds like a performance piece. What I'm about to tell you, but it's mm. not. Um, I in my last office job, mm. um, I had uh, I met my girlfriend at my mm. last office job, and she used to work with this other girl. Her, her her boss, her boss was telling her this story. They just she just gotten together with a with a a, a new boy, mm. and there was you know it was all very lovey dovey and romance mm. and whatever it was. And I'd been going out with my girlfriend for maybe a year or two or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, where it's not quite as romantic yeah. as it was. So the new couple are like doing all these romantic things, and and then. She's saying to my girlfriend, oh, look what, what's happening. And then she would come home to me mm. and go, oh, how come we're not doing anything like that? And I'd be like, oh, great. This is, this is great. Mm. So this one Monday, uh, uh, my girlfriend's boss came in and was saying, listen to this. This is what happened this morning. We got up. My boyfriend said, what are you doing this Friday? Mm. And she said, nothing. And he said, keep your plans open. Mm. Something's going to happen. I'm not going <laughs> to tell you what it is. But just keep it open for Friday. Yeah. And she's like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. He goes, I'm going to give you a clue every day as to what's going to happen on Friday. Mm. Here it is. Today's clue is Beijing. <laughs> and she went, okay. And then went to went to at work and she, she re- retold the story to my girlfriend. Went, oh, oh there's a, there's a, it's so romantic and there's like a clue every day and today's Beijing. Oh. And then we, she came home, told me the story. I'm like, why don't you do anything like that? And I'm like, oh, great. All right. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. the next day, same thing happened again. The guy said, the clue is... Number two. Mm. And then she went to work and went to my girlfriend, oh, you know, Beijing, oh, it could be a flight to Beijing, and number two is like the, the gate number or, you know, whatever it was. If this uh, ends up with her getting a plate of lemon chicken. <laughs> <laughs> well, what happened was uh, uh, she came home, she went, oh, here's the new clue. So I was copying it every day. Why can't you yeah. be more romantic like this? It went on Wednesday, Thursday, mm. Friday. Anyway, I forgot about it, and it got to like Monday. And I went, hang on, I haven't copped it for a few days. Mm. What's happened here? Yeah, yeah. So then I said to my girlfriend, what happened with that story? And she goes, oh, nothing, don't, don't worry about it. I'm like, oh, no, let's yeah, worry yeah. about it. I want to hear what happened. What happened was it got to Friday. She cleared the calendar, cleared the weekend. This girl, uh, the, the boyfriend comes and picks her up outside of work on the Friday afternoon. She's got her bags packed. She's yeah. got everything. She's all done up, whatever. They get in the car. They drive about a kilometer they pull over, uh-huh. and he goes, well, here we go. And she goes, what do you mean? He goes, we're just pulling over. We're parking. We're waiting for this. W- waiting for what? I've made a booking for the restaurant tram. Let's, uh, let's jump on. No way. And she started crying. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what, can so you... the clues were like something like Beijing, like it was like the Beijing hut. Uh, they were parking outside the Beijing no. hut. Number two was like the tram stop. Oh, this is terrible. <laughs> yeah. He's put. The, I mean, this is a real. This is actually a metaphor for relationships, but also for life, <laughs> because everybody is always over promising. Yeah, and exactly. Everyone's always they're raising the bar so much. So there's no way that unless they end up on a plane to Beijing yeah. by the end of that week, like the exactly re- like the, yeah. the the thing is, I sort of went. 
well, she shouldn't get so upset and go crazy because she's yeah. still getting something for free. But yeah. then on the other hand, you know, you don't say to someone, watch out, watch out, watch yeah. out for a year and then give them a Mars bar. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But what, what you've inadvertently done is, to, like all great storytellers do, you've told a metaphor that actually sums up your own scenario, <laughs> which is you spend all this time yeah. over-promising. <laughs> That you had, uh, uh, that you were going to have Sean McAuliffe on the show, <laughs> and you've tweeted it, and you've told everybody. Yep. Yet, yet, and, yet, and here we are with the tram restaurant of interviewees. Yeah, you. that's right. Yeah, now you've ended up with the fucking tram restaurant of ding, guests. Ding, ding. That's oh, right. now we're both crying. You've ended up with a 40-year-old restaurant that just drives around in circles <laughs> with very full of disgruntled couples. We don't even get the lemon chicken. Yeah, that's right. Telling terrible lemon anecdotes. Off. Telling terrible anecdotes about girls' lazy eyes that they went out with at uni. So they, you, you, I hope that out of this, you, that, that something... I should have learned my own lesson That's first. That's right. right. Yeah, oh. And you've still got Greg Fleet angry at you um, for, for, for tweeting that he was going to be on your show, um, but uh, invariably that anger will wear off when he eventually asks you for $20. That, ha- that wore off a long time ago. Yeah, that that's case. right. Well, look, we talk about it a lot on this show. We, we, jo- we always joke about going down to the casino after we're finished, but, geez, if ever there was a day to do it, I believe this to be I think the it's day. the last day to do it. I think our luck is out. <laughs> There's no way. Yeah. Um, God. So what is this? This is, this is if you're going to put a cryptic name for this podcast, it can be the Joy Luck Out Club. Yeah. So, I don't, I'm not sure. Well, we, are, yeah. we have truly earned our title, the Little Dum Dum Club, today. This is, yeah. Uh, yeah. This, is, this is like an audio suicide. Yeah, club. yeah. yeah. How, I mean, how shit is this episode? This is a suicide prevention episode in that we've both got each other here in the studio so we both don't go out and neck each other. Well, look, I, I'd lo- I would love to go to the casino with you. I do occasionally while I'm waiting for the tram think I'll try and win my tram fare. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't, I can't, I unfortunately can't do it today. And I, do- I have a feeling that if I went in with both of you no, today, I'm going yeah. to walk out wearing a barrel That's with okay. a tap we, on the side. We've got <laughs> about 20 other people to ask before we get to Yeah, yeah no, I know. I I, know, I don't think that I don't know that you've gone Sean's, through. Sean's meeting us there in 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. We'll invite Fleety down. Unfortunately, we'll have lost 20 bucks before we walk in. <laughs> yeah, so. that's right. That's right. Uh, well, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, um, thanks for popping in, Declan. Uh, look, thanks for listening, guys. And uh, look, you know, it, 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 this was still fun. This was, you know, you still got something for free, all right? It's bloody cost you nothing, so stop your bitching. Stop yeah. your, don't be getting at us on yeah. Twitter. Don't be... Oh, or, or don't aim it at, at Carl Chandler. Aim it at Dasso. No, don't aim it at neither. Aim it at... Aim it at, at technology. If this, one, if this somehow way. comes back to bite me, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would that would be a great metaphor for my career. <laughs> well, if anyone listening uh, has an in to Sean McAuliffe, uh, see what you can do. No, don't send us, an, don't send us an email, littledumdumclub at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. See you, mates. See you, mates. Goodbye. Don't you hear me? I can't be a circle for you.